pull up a bar stool. Really happy to have Jeff Corhan on this week's episode of the Social Media Pubcast. Lots and lots of fun. We're going to cover some hot topics, uh, specifically hashtags on Facebook. Man, strike that one while the iron is hot, right? And uh, we'll get in a little bit more about graph search and local businesses and content marketing and the reality, really, of content and social marketing and small businesses today. All right, so enjoy it. Um, Before we get going, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or anywhere else, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. That's how other people find me. All right, so pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, this is John from JohnLimmer.com and John Limmer Digital on Facebook here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week I invite a different friend to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Really happy to welcome to the pub this week, Mr. Jeff Corhan. How you doing, my friend? Doing great. How about you? Doing all right. Got to ask you. This is the first time on the Pubcast. What are you drinking? The usual, Sam Adams. The usual, yeah. Actually, just uh, interesting, I'm not drinking a Sam today because I made a purchase the other day of one of their samplers. But uh, I'm going with a Fire Rock Pale Ale by Kona Brewing. Not something I've had before, first time. So, uh, no, I'm enjoying it so far. Sounds good. Yeah. So, anyone not familiar with the concept, uh, it is the pubcast. So, it's like we just met at a, a conference bar or something. And, you know, usually we nerds can't get out of the, uh, the focus of talking about social media and marketing and whatnot. And that's now we're basically recording that conversation. So, busy, busy man, Jeff, book author public speaker, consultant, blogger, focusing mainly on small business, right? What am I missing? I would say that's a pretty good uh, description. Uh, I, I focus on social media and other types of online marketing for mainstream, for lack of a better word, what I call non-technical small businesses. I came from that world as a landscape architect and contractor, and so uh Today, I'm actually up in Minnesota getting ready to speak tomorrow to the snow and ice management professionals. I work with mm. farmers even, uh, people in hospitality, retail especially. So a lot of what you would call, I guess most people would call that brick and mortar type people. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad to finally get you on the show. I mean, your, your guy, your, your blog is, is something I've been reading really ever since I say ever since, like it's been a long time, but uh, <laughs> when I first got into this thing uh, a couple of years ago now, boy, we're approaching two years, and and you're one of those blogs I, I read pretty religiously, and you're always so giving, and you re- respond to anything, you know, any of the comments, and I've even seen you comment on my blog, so it's really cool, and just happy to have you here. Yeah. Well, in fact, that's, you've reminded me, that is where we met was on my blog. I think you showed up, started making comments Mm -hmm. and we've since crossed paths many times since then. So uh, here we are again. But never physically, right? No. Yeah. So this is... I was talking to somebody about that. I'm like, I have so many friends that I have never met physically. And uh, then when you meet, so I met somebody in the local community physically who 
connected me to somebody who connected me to somebody that connected me to him. And he says, how do you know her? And I said, well, and I had to go back through the chain of yeah. all those social media connections. So it, uh, you know, it, we were talking before the show about my history as a meditation instructor. And one of the things you learn is that there's no difference in the mind to whether it's virtual or, or physical. It's mm. processed in exactly the same way. <laughs> so you need, that's why we sometimes have trouble discerning whether that was a virtual experience <laughs> or a real one. Yeah. yeah you, you didn't go to the social media examiner thing in San Diego, did you? I did not. I had an engagement that uh, week, so I wished I could. Yeah, because I, I really haven't been to anything. Um, and I went to that, and that was just awesome. Like seeing all these people for the first time that, I had never met in person before. Uh, I need to go to way more of those things, and we'll have to to meet up at a an actual three dimensional bar one of these days. Yeah, I for me the first one was Blog World. That's where yeah. I really got to see face to face people that you and I both know, like Chris Brogan and John Jance and Guy Kawasaki, and I had never met even Mike Stelzner face to face. Of course, he recently recommended highly that I go to content marketing world so I am hmm. signed up for that this coming September I'll have to check that out myself cheers yeah so I uh, I was really happy the other day to stumble on a post of yours all about face Facebook hashtags because obviously that's near and dear to my heart so what what are your thoughts I mean you, you were basically giving three main tips regarding Facebook hashtags and what are your impressions of this new feature? Do you think it's going to be a good thing, something that small business, large business can use? What do you think? Well, I think it's going to be huge. I really do. Much of what went into that blog post was my initial experience with what I was discovering on Facebook, and that was by clicking on many of these tags, it was leading me to this stream of just hashtag spammers where they had 10, 20, 30 hashtags in there, which clearly indicates they didn't know how these things can work. Yeah. but for me personally, I'm as excited about hashtags as I was when Open Graph was launched back in April of 2010 because I see this as a way to sort of cut through the clutter, to extend our reach without having to pay for ads, and to really personalize the content that we're sharing and attract a larger audience and to nurture even our current audience. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm really excited about it myself. I mean, the, the one question is going to be, um, how do you digest this information? I'm sure Facebook is coming up with a, a way right now. And uh, actually, that way may be announced uh, before this episode comes out because I know they're they're making some sort of announcement on uh, on Thursday, on the 20th. Uh, and who knows? That could be regarding an RSS reader. I don't know. But uh, I'm, I wouldn't claim personally to be a hashtag expert by any means. I mean, I, I don't... I didn't... I don't use them all that often on Twitter. I understand their usage, uh, but kind of like what you're saying with spam on, on Facebook, uh, I've never really you know, fully, fully bought in. That said, uh, when this came out, first thing I did was check out the hashtag Facebook marketing. And um, <laughs> yes, that's some, what I did too. Yeah, some of it was good, some of it was spammy. But I was thinking, if if done correctly, uh, and, and I know you, that you definitely prefer a more narrow approach to hashtags, but if the majority of the content in there actually fits, uh, great, great way to reach 
uh, a new audience of people. Kind of like what lists should have been in, in right. my mind, right? Right. Uh, and, I've, you know, I've already, and this is anecdotal, just a few days, I've already seen higher reach. I haven't looked too closely at my other metrics to see if I'm getting more engagement than normal. Uh, it's also exciting new news coming out so people engage more and share more so it's kind of hard to tell how much of this is through the hashtag but you'd think that the opportunity is definitely there uh to reach more people like you're saying without necessarily spending on advertising or you know in addition to advertising well one of the things i'm seeing or and and is that uh, there are a lot of questions and there are a lot of concerns about privacy. So again, it takes us all the way back to w what the concerns were back when Open Graph was launched. And actually today I received an email from a friend <laughs> and he said, oh great, because I wrote a blog post about this on Friday, then I did it again on my newsletter, took a different approach, and he loved the newsletter and he was asking questions about, and I forget how he put this, but how do I reserve my hashtag I think was his first query. Ah, oh goodness. and I was like okay so I tried to explain it then I got another email that basically said I guess I really don't know what a hashtag is and uh -oh. so this is I think going to be the challenge for most of us is that we in the social media space that are active in it we know about hashtags from Twitter but like you I didn't use them much either because I didn't really think there was a need to use them on Twitter yeah. and so there's two things going on here um, one, most mainstream businesses have never even been on Twitter, or if they have, they, they don't even know what a hashtag is. So now you go to Facebook where they are active, they're basically clueless about hashtags. So that's number one. And so there's going to be a lot of reckless use about how they work. But uh, the, the thing that has me excited, like you said, is the reach and the fact that we both know that Bing drives Facebook search. Mm -hmm. Uh, we know that this is going to make things real interesting out on the open web because, um, and, and I, this is probably where my expertise kind of falls off, but uh, obviously we have, you know, privacy um, controls in place and so forth, but I'm already hearing from people that even though the information, you know, the content can't necessarily be shared, what's, what's happening is the context of that information, the social graphs, who's connected to whom and how and so forth, uh, that data is being mined and how that will be used to serve up search results on the open web could be really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's something you said about how, you know, you didn't necessarily think it made sense on Twitter. I think, at least for me, the reason for that uh, and I agree with that. The, re the reason for that is uh, I don't use Twitter, twitter.com. I use TweetDeck. And mm -hmm. I've already got all these columns with all of these keywords and phrases I'm searching out, whether they're a hashtag or not, uh, that, that I'm constantly monitoring. And so I think especially in the early going and people are on facebook.com, uh, they're not already monitoring these keywords or phrases in most cases. Because uh, there just hasn't been a real good way to do that on Facebook, uh, and these these hashtags are then drive people into these conversations or these feeds that they didn't previously know existed, um, and I, so I think I think I think in terms of discovery, um, it's going to be pretty interesting. Now again, I, where is that central place to view all these feeds? I think that still needs to be created, 
but uh, certainly, certainly some opportunities. And you were talking a little bit too about, again, the more narrow uh, usage. I was looking more broad, but you're talking narrow, like something that's more branded around uh, what it is you're trying to do. I mean, what, what were your thoughts there? Well, I, I, the challenge really is to, to think about um, which hashtags you want to use and why. Mm-hmm. So some that naturally would, would be um, considered by me are small business, social media for business or small business social media, something to that effect. I've created a hashtag for the title of my book, which is right. built in social. So for me, that's not really a hashtag that I expect a lot of people to use, although I hope they do. I will use that simply to kind of track and and look at what I'm publishing and how people are responding and so forth. So that's the narrow hashtag. The broad hashtag of small business, I think, is going to be pretty useless uh, because it's just everybody's using it. And as you know, uh, small business, especially this week is National Small Business Week, Everybody's, you know, just piling on to small business, mm. even though they may not necessarily have any expertise in that area anyway, just because they're trying to build their their market or whatever. So uh, that's always been one of my problems with it. So I, it, it's it's I think we're going to have to experiment and really decide what's going to work best for us. And of course, you've made a great point. Are you using them for research? Are you using them to manage conversations? So I think it was Facebook marketing. No, it was Facebook hashtag that I was doing some exploration on because I've been using it and then I see Mari Smith is using it and so now I'm interested because these are people that I typically converse with and I get to now get more tuned into what they're publishing so to me that's kind of some value is maybe these middle of the road hashtags yeah yeah and um (laughs) when I I looked at that Facebook marketing hashtag first thing that came to mind is like man sure it'd be nice to filter by language or can you have a Facebook, maybe we need to create Facebook marketing EN for English because it's, because the problem is like everybody uses that who's discussing Facebook marketing, whether it's in English or Spanish or Portuguese or whatever. And uh, that's some of that's not spam, but it adds to the noise. Yeah, I've noticed that too. That's the, that's the thing people will first discover is when you start clicking on these hashtags, you're getting every language under the sun. In fact, I would say 50% of what I'm getting is English. Most of it's yeah. languages that I don't even recognize. Right. I, and and I'm, I'm already becoming a, a bit of a hashtag snob. Like, I'd, I'd like to keep my hashtags separate of my content. So Because I, I find it really hard to read stuff if you try to put them inside your content. And you got those ugly uh, pound signs and everything else. And that's all, so I'll write out whatever it is I'm writing and then underneath it, my hashtags. I mean, it, maybe that's because comes back to I just thinking I couldn't read half of those tweets that people are making with all their five, six hashtags in it. I mean, do you have any any snob snobby uh, requirements for for your use of hashtags? Well, two observations. One, I'm a person that likes the efficiency, so that's why I like to use them within the body of of the message. Mm-hmm. However. I'm in a Facebook group that's for Chambers of Commerce, and a friend of mine runs the group, and he you know, noted, he published something on hashtags right about when you and I did, and so I got in there and we were having a long conversation. Then the Chamber of Commerce members and directors, many of them are not 
they don't they don't know hashtags they they think it clogs everything up they don't want them they actually hate them mm -hmm. so if that's the case then i want to hide it behind a url at the end of the post and it'll just kind of blend and they won't even know it's there right i mean cuz it, it for me my main intention isn't necessarily necessarily that they click on the hashtag though that could i guess depend on what it is i'm trying to do uh my main goal is to reach a different audience of people who they're not. They didn't like my page in the first place, so it's not in their newsfeed, and they were following that hashtag already uh, to see my stuff. So, so maybe that becomes partly is due to my, you know, my strategy with the use of hashtags in the first place that I put it at the bottom. That really, whether or not you see it, is kind of unnecessary. See the hashtag itself. It's just that I enter that stream for them to see me. Right, right. That's how I see this working. Is that now you introduce a Twitter element into Facebook, meaning this stream where you simply are almost going fishing. You know, it's out yeah. there. If it if it finds some folks uh, serendipitously, then then beautiful. If it doesn't, then, you know, you try something else. But um, I've always had a problem with the way, <laughs> as so many others, the content is, is overly uh, managed within uh, Facebook, if you can put it that way. And so I, I like the uh, kind of the magic of thinking about how social graphs work and wondering how I can just connect with people that are interested in the topics that I'm interested in, that are publishing on them, that I'm already connected with, and we can you know be more better connected. So I, I think it all does come down to social graphs again. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. So shifting gears here a little bit, um, and, and again, it's not real clear how everything's going to fit together. But Facebook always has some sort of master plan where months down the road, it's all going to come together. And like, oh, that's what they were thinking. Uh, gotta think there's going to be a pretty close relationship between hashtags and the new news feed, which I still don't have, and graph search, which I finally have now, and I'm really excited and throwing a party about it. Um, so graph search, I'm, I'm already, it's already cool that you can discover new uh, hashtags, you know, with that graph search. So that's, mm -hmm. that's nice. But um, do you, first of all, do you have graph search yet, Jeff? I do. I've had it for almost from the beginning. You, you don't have to rub it in. I mean, I just asked, <laughs> I just asked if you had it, Jeff, not that you've had it for six months. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, well, I, I'm, I, if you want to really know what I think about it, up until hashtags, I yeah. thought, this is a joke. Yeah. So I, I looked at it for about a day, and I said, this is ridiculous. I can already, I already know who I'm closely connected with, and I want to see what's on Facebook, not just what's within this tight sphere of my social graphs. Well, that said, I think uh, two things. Um, for it, and I don't know if people are using it this way yet, and there probably aren't enough people using graph search in general or have access to it where you can really make much of an assessment. But I've always thought the biggest opportunity for graph search was for local discovery. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it is, it's it maybe not be finding more out about your friends, but it's like finding out which of the restaurants close by your friends have been to or, you know, the you know, whatever that brick and mortar business is, what the, the pages they like, or they, they checked into or whatever, in terms of finding that, that place, you know, you're looking to waste your time on or spend your money on today. I just saw a lot of opportunity there, um, for, for that local discovery that is good for business. 
Yeah, I, t I totally agree. I mean, to me, this is what we, we've all been hoping and waiting for certain things. And when Open Graph was launched, we said, wow, this is going to be amazing. And where can it go? Then we started to think about face, not Facebook, uh, Foursquare mm -hmm. and location and how that would impact it. And we, we see this a little bit on Google Plus where it knows your location and so it serves up results based upon that location. But I do believe that because where I think we're going is that finally all that massive amount of data within Facebook is going to somehow see the light of day, meaning people check in on Facebook like a bad habit. So yeah. this is gonna really, really favor local businesses. and the so-called wisdom of friends that we've all known about for some time. Now we get to hopefully, you know, get some value from that where people have had conversations. Uh, and, and, you know, so that's, you know, I mean, they're key words. And so even if though hashtags have not been used, hopefully that data can still be uh, creating information that will tell us more about, you know, whether this is a restaurant that we want to try or uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, and, and the key to all of this working is that Facebook continues to collect as much fresh information as they can about the users and the things that they like and don't like and places they've been and, and this and that. And they seem to be push, pushing a little bit on that, trying to encourage us, uh, do you like these movies? <laughs> do, you, do you like these restaurants? Do you like these pieces, these, these businesses? Uh, because without that information, it's just it's not worthwhile. Right. Um, so, Do you know this person outside of Facebook? I love that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. And I've always, that's one's always puzzled me. It's like, do they ignore you, do, ignore that contact after that? Or do they, you know, probably not. But I mean, no. you know what I'm saying? It is kind of funny how they're trying to get more information. Absolutely. I'd love to get a peek behind the curtain someday to see how it all works. I mean, I have a general idea. They've always given general explanations for you see the stuff that you've proven to, to in, interact with and want to see. I don't know exactly what that means. But uh, it, this the whole process is, is, is really interesting. But, yeah, I'm really interested to see where uh, graph search goes because no matter what, you know, with the hashtags, with newsfeed, where all these things are going, I think that potential moneymaker, not only for Facebook but for especially small businesses, is there in graph search as long as – it works. Right. Well, that's to me is what I've always said is you, if you follow the money, you will figure out where this is going. And so this is why I never, ever thought Facebook would open up any of this content to Google who would yeah. love to have their hands on it. I mean, why would they? I mean, this is the golden goose. Right. Yeah. And one point I made close to a year ago now about graph search and or what I thought would be graph search, I guess, uh, as opposed to Google is they have so many points uh, and are able to take so many cues in terms of what authority means. Fa Facebook does. It's not just uh, backlinks, right? So, so on Facebook, we know that Mari Smith is an authority for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, we know she's an authority in social media and in Facebook marketing First of all, because of the way she's classified her business on Facebook. We know she's an authority because of how many times people have shared uh, her posts, but also shared blog posts from her domain to Facebook. 
we know because other people with authority share her content. And I, I just think those types of cues, all that type of information they're collecting, they haven't really rolled out the content portion of graph search. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's where they can do some things that Google can't do. Yeah, this is interesting, because, and I hadn't really thought about this, but I have known for some time that 20% of the Facebook users are creating 80% of the content. So uh, those, of course, are your authority figures. But, um, you know, involved in a uh, group that, uh, what, how do I put this, where everybody's concerned or, or, you know, studying their cloud scores and how can you make your cloud score higher. <laughs> oh, goodness, yeah. and, and I know this is controversial. And yeah. so trust me, I'm very careful about what I share outside of that group. <laughs> but what I have noticed is those, you know, I've got a moderately high score, but nothing like, you know, the people with true authority. Yeah. But then there are some other folks who maybe they have an authority base that I don't know about. But the truth is, if you are a heavy Facebook user, it's very easy to get your clout score to go up. Very easy. Really? Uh, as an example, I was looking at the chart. You know, the day my book showed up, I was so excited. I put it on Facebook. I get hundreds of attaboys, that kind of thing. Yeah. And my cloud score jumps by, um, you know, three or four points. And and same thing happened when something else big happened. But that's, you know, it, it's kind of telling me that that you're right. Uh, Facebook is paying attention to this, and clout is probably you know understanding a lot more about this than we know. And and think about it. I mean, when you're the business, uh, basically selling information. Right. Uh, you want more information, and you're going to really favor people that are producing information, which means uh, they're going to give a higher authority uh, rating, however that gets factored into the equation, to those that are helping them do their job, which is creating information that they can then use to run, to rather sell more ads. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not so much sell more ads, but sell better ads. I, I mean, I yeah. think that has always been Facebook's game is, you know, if you've if anybody's run a Facebook ad, they know that you can target those things with laser accuracy. And I've always thought that that was, you know, just what it's all about. In fact, I, I have noticed that lately just promoting some of my own content uh, that I can really target the people that I want to reach. Right. And and speaking of ads, and we were talking about uh, hashtags, there's talk of uh, promoted hashtag. And I'm not sure exactly how this would work if that means you can uh, – promote your post to appear at the top of the hashtag stream or what exactly that is but man there's just there's just so many opportunities there that would be i'd love that opportunity yeah because then you know you are you don't have to go through the whole facebook ad routine you just it's like <laughs> a, a it's a promoted post yeah i mean basically it's a promoted hashtag yeah, and right. it's just click of a button they charge you a few bucks or maybe a lot of bucks and um there you go and there's, there would have to be so much uh, competition over some of those big uh, com uh, uh, popular hashtags like a Facebook marketing. They could, I, you'd think they'd be able to make a killing off of that. Well, I was reading about from, I think this was Mari Smith, who was commenting about how the social graphs are already impacting this, meaning if you and I both are clicking on the same hashtag, we're going to see different results yes. based upon our own social graphs. Right. So now... Um, if everybody promotes a hashtag, it's just going to promote you higher to that same stream that you would have seen already. So, and you know, and let's face it, 
it's like candy. I mean, the, <laughs> the easier they can make it for all of us to click on those little promoter posts and it's not a big investment, uh, it's, it's easy money for them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cheers. So I want, I want to shift a little bit uh, to content marketing because, um, I mean, for me, that, that's really the core of my business. I mean, I write about Facebook and I spend a lot of time on Facebook, but uh, it's really the, the, the full picture that includes Facebook, I guess, but it starts with blogging and email and, and on and on and on. And that's really, in, so, so being discovered that way through, through writing a lot of content. And that, and we haven't really talked much about your, if at all, about your book yet at this point, but that's really kind of the core of, of built-in social, your, your new book, right? Right. It, it completely is. I mean, this is the book that people kept asking me to recommend for them, which was a book that basically gives them a reliable process that shows them how they can get results from quote-unquote social media. But you and I know that social media and SEO yeah. and all of these things that we're doing, really the foundation, the core of this is what we've been talking about is search. You know, search drives the web, content drives search, and if you're not creating content, you're just dead in the water. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. It, I, I just I find it funny how we've complicated search and SEO so much over the last few years. And like whenever I read a new article about people freaking out about any new Google update, algorithm update. And, you know, I just keep doing the same thing I've been doing, which I think is the same thing types of things that you would advocate. Just keep writing a lot of really good, useful, helpful content, answering people's questions, fresh content, regular fresh content, become an authority in it, and you will thrive, right? Well, everybody, I know from personal experience how I got the book deal, how I get speaking engagements and consulting work, and how everybody does gets results from, again, I, I always put it in quotes, social media, because I, for lack of, I called it social marketing. I wanted the word social in there because I knew people would be attracted to that, but I also knew that some people are tired of hearing about social media, and, and as well they should be, because it's it's just it's noise out there without good content driving it without solutions to the problems that people are searching the web for it doesn't really matter if you got three million followers on facebook yeah. or twitter because really they're going to check out if you have something of value there that can help them accomplish whatever it is they're trying to accomplish absolutely and, and that's the missing ingredient i mean this is why yes um uh, you know, you'll read these studies about 90% of all businesses are using social media. That's crazy. So the truth is, if you're out there, as I am, actively engaged with different industries, a lot of different verticals, call these brick and mortar mainstream type businesses, you know for a fact that the percentage that are blogging is probably less than 10% and, and maybe even much less than that of that community at large. And actually, you mentioned um, the Social Media Examiner conference earlier this year. Right at the tail end of that, Mike was doing a television interview, local TV in San Diego. And I was so excited to hear him say, it's still early days. There's so much that isn't being done yet. And, and I thought, wow, thank God somebody else is saying it because yeah. it is so true. And, and it really is. And so I can, I've literally gotten into rooms, huge, audiences, I'm talking 600 plus people, and asked 
from a show of hands, who's blogging? And the number is exactly zero. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, look to the left and look to the Goodness. right. And, you know, you don't even have to have a good blog to no. to get, you know, because you're, you'll be the one that's putting the answers, the solutions out there for the people that are out there looking for them, which, of course, are your customers and everybody that we presume you might also be trying to attract. Yeah. And really, the, the power of social marketing to me is in that is in the blogging. I mean, again, Facebook is a spoke in that wheel for me. Um, and obviously, it's I'm kind of biased with Facebook in general because it's what I write about. But uh, 80, I think it's 82% of my traffic every day comes from Google, not from Facebook. About, about 9% of it comes from Facebook. Granted, Google loves me a lot. And part of the reason Google loves me is because of the stuff that's shared on Facebook. But the key is, you know, people jump into this and they're like, I'm in social media, you know, we, we use it, we try to sell stuff, and we're not getting anything. <laughs> it's just like, what is the value you are trying to provide? You yeah. know, why well, you why know, is it someone should follow you, should find you on your blog, should, should like your page, whatever? You can come at this from either angle. You can spend a lot of time on Facebook or Twitter or wherever and build a presence, and it's going to take a lot of time. Or you can take that time and invest it in writing content and that takes time too. So yeah. there's no easy way here, but it's like people say, how much time do you spend on social media, Jeff? And they, my answer honestly is very little because I don't have to because people are out there sharing what I publish. My investment in time goes into the content. And the beauty of mm -hmm. that is when we have a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel, let's say, we own that content. It never goes away. We always have it. Whereas the Twitter stream goes by and you know, nanoseconds and the Facebook stream never sees the light of day sometimes. So uh, I, I kind of like the approach that I'm taking and you're evidently taking a similar approach, although you do have a much, much stronger Facebook presence. So, you know, good for you. And that propels that content into, you know, new places. So um, it, it's great if you can do well in every category. But uh, unfortunately, it, unless you have a team and most small businesses don't have a team, then mm -hmm. you definitely have to uh, be discretionary. Right. But but ultimately, that small business or medium business or large business or whoever you are um, to, to get the true value of Facebook or anything that you're using. Before you start, you have to determine why would somebody follow me? What value can I provide? And, and for the case of small businesses, it, it could be a combination of things. It could be entertainment, but it could also be because you're offering an exclusive deal like for i always use i love to use restaurants as an example whether you can you, every day publish what your your happy hour specials are that day or your deal the deal of the day whatever it is and uh or, or it's you know maybe you're only giving a special to people who are on facebook they call it whisper codes come in and say you saw us on facebook to get 10 percent off of whatever you know, non-trades. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that is true value as opposed to just listing off the stuff you're selling and say, why is nobody buying it? And it's the same, same thing with your content um, and, and writing a blog. What, why should someone read your, read your blog? It's not because it's some PR uh, machine talking about how great you are every day and, and saying why you should, should, uh, should hire them as a consultant, buy your product, whatever. It's you got to provide value in terms of uh, answering their questions around a, a topic that is related to whatever that niche is. Well, and the truth is, when you blog, 
can be so much better at helping your customers solve those problems, which means you help attract new customers. And so there's a saying in the speaking business that if you want to get, if you want to be a, become a better speaker, speak, speak more, yeah. speak yeah. for free if you have to. And certainly if you want to become a better writer, start blogging. But the truth is speaking, writing, podcasting, they all sort of go together. They're creating, organizing, and generating quality content. You do any of these consistently, you're going to get much better at it. And that attracts an audience. I mean, that's that's my formula you saw from the book is content attracts, media engages. And from there, if you have a sales process, it converts. And, and most of the time, you don't really need that sales process because you build up so much trust and through those relationships on social media, a byproduct. Right. And, and, and really, I mean, people, some people are intimidated by this process, but, and I'm sure you can vouch for this as well. I mean, when I jumped into this, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. You have to experiment though. You have to figure out what does work and what doesn't. You research, you read Jeff's blog or someone else's blog, um, and, and you kind of adapt what other people, or adopt what other people are doing. Um, but you have to try and you have to monitor and kind of have a, a goal and a purpose. Um, because look, this, my blog you should have seen it two years ago. It didn't, I had no idea what I was doing that pot, this podcast a year ago, it was just me talking to myself and <laughs> it was probably the least entertaining piece of content I ever produced. And my video, I started out with just, you know, me sitting in my office and very low quality stuff. So we all start from somewhere and we got to get somewhere from there, but it's all about experimenting. It, it, it's interesting how when we're doing it, it seems like pretty great stuff. When you go yeah. back and look at the old content, you're like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. But yeah, as we were just talking before the show, I promised somebody that I would write a post. We did a long interview and it's going to take me some time and I just didn't feel like it. It was Friday. So I thought, okay, I just heard about this thing called Facebook hashtags. Easy enough. I'll write a little story about that. But the deeper I got into it, the more I got excited about that and the more work I was doing. And you don't just, those things don't happen if you don't pick up the keyboard and start writing or however you write in the first place. And yeah. many, many times I have, so you're learning so much yourself and you're not going to have that learning curve if you don't do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're all learning every day, man. I'm not an expert on anything. <laughs> I, I, I just don't feel like, especially because of Facebook, anyone is truly an expert. We're, we're learning something new every day. It's constantly changing, changing. It's just a matter of embracing it and jumping in. Right. Uh, so, Jeff, thank you so much for being on. I just asked the uh, bartender for our bill. I'll handle you. <laughs> I'll take care of you this time. Thank you. Next time. Uh, so built in social, the new book, where else can people find you? Those two places. Uh, my primary site is my name, jeffcorhan.com. That's J-E-F-F-K-O-R-H-A-N.com. And if they are interested in the book, it is actually a page on the site, but they can go directly there by going to simply builtinsocial.com, which is the title of the book. And you're, you're Jeff Corhan on Twitter, right? Yeah, I'm pretty much Jeff Corhan everywhere. I'm fortunate yeah. to have a unique name, and I snatched all those uh, handles when, <laughs> when I could. And to this day, there still isn't another Jeff Corhan, so it doesn't matter. So, yes, anywhere 
you're looking for me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I'm Jeff Corham. Awesome. Smart, smart man. All right. Well, thanks again for being on, and let's make sure to get you on again sometime. You bet. Yes, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff Corham, for being my guest today. Uh, do, my, do me a favor. Check out his blog, jeffcorham.com. And I'm actually in the process of reading his book right now, Built-In Social. It's really fascinating stuff. So check it out. Go to builtinsocial.com. Buy it. You won't regret it. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Man, I got to tell you, the list of upcoming guests, silly, ridiculous. I'm so excited. Stay tuned. You're just not going to believe some of the people we have on this show. But you're just going to have to wait and find out who those people are. Have any guesses? I'm sure you do. So I hope you enjoyed this week's social media podcast. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. Yeah.